the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we are back. Um, appreciated that first hour. Glad you guys are with us. Uh, if we want to have any kind of takeaway from what Mark was saying, I really do want to encourage you to look up and address the issue of vaccines um, because that's going to be something that will dictate whether or not you get a job or keep a job or whether or not your kids go to school or not go to school. This is how serious that subject matter is, as Mark is discussing. And you need to know that um, there are policies coming down the pike on the left or on the right, whether Democrat or Republican. And if you're just honest and not trapped by the sort of emotional-centered identity politics syndrome, uh, then you you can look and see what policies are going to harm you um, or not, how problematic they're going to be. They're coming, and we, if the Lord wills and allow me to allows me to remain healthy and to be on this air a year from now, I promise you we will be having that conversation and others that have to do with a lot of things that I have warned us about for years. Let me go to line number three and talk with Ken in San Jose. Ken, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. Um, I wanted to address the subject of um, the lightning and the fires recently, and the question being, uh, why now and why in the Bay Area? I have a a passage from the New Testament, I think, uh, will apply to it. Can I read that? Yes, sir. Okay, from Second Peter um, to uh, beginning of verse four. So it says, um, "For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved under judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly." And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Got some noise here in the background. That's an important one, though. So the application is this. Um, it's partial judgment and partial delivery, uh, because it, um, what we have is uh, the lightning and fire is occurring, just prior to and in conjunction with the Democratic National Convention, in which there was a focus on specifically uh, the Bay Area and San Francisco because of uh, Kamala Harris um, advancing to the role of uh, vice presidential nominee. And so she's a product of the San Francisco machine. And so I think God's trying to address the Bay Area and the corruption of that machine, using the parallel with, obviously it wasn't as extreme as as Solomon and Gomorrah, but still there's a parallel. What do you think? Uh, that is what we call exegetically a massive eisegetical reading into the text, something that fundamentally has no justifiable basis uh, uh, grammatically, historically, contextually, whatever the case may be. You know that. But here's what I would say. I would say that from the standpoint of a God-fearing man, and, and I trust that you're that, that when we see these kinds of, and you and I have had this conversation before, and 
I'm probably going to draw closer to you, Ken, uh, in the years to come uh, around uh, some of these major ecological abnormalities as they increase. As we have more increased uh, ecological uh, 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 disturbances, as we have greater uh, conflagrations of fire in California, uh, disturbances in, uh, in the weather patterns, as we have a greater uh, destabilization uh, in terms of the structure and geography of California, I think we're going to be having some healthy conversations around the relationship between the decay of our country and the prophetic warnings of Scripture for sure. I will say that. But to uh, try to try to develop a correlation between uh, uh, California Kamala Harris and uh, uh, DNC with Biden, uh, if we want people to actually uh, listen to us with some seriousness, we can't employ scripture to that end. However, I will not omit the, the reality that God often speaks to us in remote ways in which we need to listen, because California, uh, very much like our nation, is under judgment. There is no doubt about that, and the only person that can't see that are people who are not uh, vitally connected to the God of the Bible and the ways of God revealed in scripture. So I'm listening to you with a filter and uh, appreciating your concern. Thanks for the call, my brother. Let me go to line let me go to line number one, I think, and talk with Dana. I need to talk with Sister Dana. And Faye, you hold on. Dana, are you there? Hello? Hi, Dana. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes I can. Can you hear me? I can. Hello, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm great. What's going on? So I have a Bible um, question for you. Yesterday, the um, lesson that was given by uh, Brother Stephen was focused on John um, 9. And uh, I have a question I've always had, and I I finally got around to calling you and, and asking you about this. So the sure. basic premise or argument of this uh, particular scripture in John 9, like, I can't remember the exact um, verse, but is uh premise is that if God wasn't, if Jesus wasn't from God, he would not be able to do the miracles that he did, um, healing a blind man from birth. So exactly. I, I understand that fully and, and accept that 100%. Now, my question I've always had, there are other scriptures like the scripture in Matthew Matthew twenty four twenty four that says, For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. Mm-hmm. See, I've told you mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I've always mm-hmm. thought in my head, okay, how do I know the difference? So this one scripture is saying that, you know, it, it must, Jesus must be from God because he's able to do these miracles. And then I see a scripture like this that says, oh, you're going to have false prophets and false people come that will be able to do miracles to fool the elect, if that were possible. And so I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't, I'm not fooled, and I am not sure I know how to tell the difference. Okay. That's a very good, very good question. First of all, on a hermeneutical level, for those of you who are Bible students, the one thing that we got to first establish is that when you read two verses that appear to say two different things, do not automatically conclude that your thinking is superior to Scripture in this sense. 
what might appear to be a contradiction to you does not necessarily mean it's a contradiction in the scripture. Um, are you there with me, Dana? Yes, sir. Okay, so the first thing I... Oh, that's cool. The first thing I, I want to do is, is... Okay. The first thing I want to do is establish the fact that for a person to actually benefit from the Word of God, they have to overcome the the uh, implicit assumption that their thinking is uh, superior to the scriptures, that if the scriptures don't make sense to them, then somehow the scriptures are not making sense. That's a fallacy of assumption. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm, I'm just actually doing a little teaching about how to deal with apparent contradictions or antinomies in the scriptures. Sometimes you're going to read verses that will say one thing over here and say another thing over there. And what you have to do is make sure that you understand that the context of each of those verses will have different premises underneath them so that they don't serve to cancel each other out. For instance, I'm going to quickly solve this one for you in terms of the miracles that God does, and he will often do them through his true servants, i.e. Moses, uh, Aaron, uh, 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 Elijah, Elisha, things of that nature. Those were true prophets that actually brought true signs in the Old Testament. And the book uh, that's going to help you also with this is the book of Deuteronomy chapter 13. That's going to give you that to work your uh, thoughts through on Deuteronomy 13. I'm going to give that as a pivot verse to actually help wedge these two questions. So when the blind man who was thoroughly knowledgeable in his understanding of Torah, because while he couldn't see growing up in church, he could hear very well and he understood that God had laid out the argument that when a prophet speaks or a prophet does a sign and a wonder and, and the sign and wonder comes to pass, then you can know that he was from God. That's Deuteronomy chapter 18 as well. But then God also says there will be times that will come when a false prophet will rise up and a false prophet will do a sign and a wonder in order to test you to see whether or not you have an allegiance to the true and the living God or not. His lying sign and wonder, and I use the qualifier lying sign and wonder, which is, which is what you get in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul said, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the devil, uh, the uh, Antichrist working by the power of the devil will do what is called in Second Thessalonians 2, 9, lying signs and wonders, lying signs and wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. What a germane question you're raising, and I'm not going to develop this uh, too fully, because I'm going to be really developing this when we unpack Revelation chapter 13 more fully over the next several weeks, and you know about that, where we're going there, where um, uh, the false prophet will be raining fire down from heaven, and men and women will be thinking that this is from God as well. So here's how this right. works. Here's how this works. <clears throat> the elect who are listening to Jesus and doing what Jesus says, and committed to Jesus, loving not their lives unto the death, will be kept by the Spirit of God from the mass deception that will take the whole world. This has been true from generation to generation to generation, and this same thing is occurring right now in our generation, where masses of people are being deceived by lies, 
and professing Christians are being deceived as well. And even true believers are being swept away by these lies because they are not really testing what's going on over against the word of God to determine whether it's true or not. They are being deceived. That is Matthew 24. That is Mark 13. And uh, when that text says, and it's so possible, they would deceive even the very elect. Mark qualifies that by saying, but that will not happen. The Lord will not allow the true believer to be ultimately and totally deceived because he has protected him from apostasy. He has protected the true believer from just abandoning uh, faith in the true and the living God and faith in the word of God by which the true and the living God is revealed. However, you and I have to not so much worry about um, how powerful and manipulative the uh, sign and wonder of the false prophet is, because that will be massive enough to deceive many people. I mean, we have a history of masses of people, even nations, being deceived by lies. Communism, socialism, uh, all kinds of things have been lies. The whole world lieth in the lap of the wicked one, and it's going on today. What you and I have to learn how to do, my sister, is make sure that we don't trust and lean upon our own understanding over the Word of God. We must be a healthy skeptic against our own reason and against our own judgment and make sure we filter everything through a right interpretation of the Word of God, praying for the help of the Holy Spirit, because we cannot not be deceived by Satan if we're leaning on our own understanding and walking according to the flesh. So you'll be okay. Uh, your job is to remain humbly committed to and totally trusting in the Lord and uh, dependent upon his word and sound Bible teachers to help you discern the lies that are out there. That's what we're here for. Thank you for the call. I've got to take another heartbreak. Um, Faye, you hold on. I guess I've got a couple lines open. That was a great question, Dana. Um, love to uh, develop that more fully and probably will have to down the line. Um, we're going to take a break. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Yep, there are lots of people being deceived, being deceived every day by the flood of lies, and they're not even really asking the question: How do these lies square up over against the Bible? I'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, the time is 625. We've got a good 30 minutes to continue talking. I really did appreciate Dana's uh, uh, observation. Uh, had a great message on Sunday. By the way, our doors are open and people can come and worship with us on Sunday. Uh, and I'm encouraging the believers at Grace to be there. Um, uh, we do exercise some measure of social distancing. We ask for you to bring your mask. That will be uh, helpful for you. But worshiping God is not an option, not for true believers. It is a mandate. It is necessary for our soul. We do not have a convenient faith. We have a radical faith, and it's sacrificial in nature. So worship is critical, uh, and the goal of the enemy would love it would he would love to have you thinking that worship can take place while you are. <clears throat> sitting up with your feet up on the couch and just watching uh, live stream. Nope, you have to yield your body's living sacrifices unto the Lord. You have to actually enter into a mode of activity that requires some level of faith, 
sacrifice so that it carries a public testimony. Um, and if you don't get that, then uh, I was uh, ineffectual and, and defective in teaching you as a pastor at Grace, and all the other pastors are too, if you think that worship just takes place sitting up with your potato chips and a Coke uh, and watching on Sunday morning. That would be a devastating misinterpretation of biblical worship. So I hope the Spirit of God will uh, admonish you around that and teach you what sacrificial radical uh, demonstrative and public faith is all about. Let me go to line one, two, three, or four and talk with Faye. Let me talk with Faye right quick. It's Faye there. Hi. Hello, Pastor, um, Pastor Stand. Hi, Faye. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, sir? I'm great. What's your question, comment, or observation? Well, I tuned in late, unfortunately. When I tuned in, there was a guy hollering about, don't, uh, don't wear a mask. I don't know what was up with that, but I wanted to touch with you on two things. You were talking about you were talking about vaccines. Can you right. tell, can you give me an email or something or or a website to go to? My son. Well, um, mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know you were going to finish your statement. Go ahead on. Yeah, I. I my son. He's 19 now. He ha, he's uh, was diagnosed with autism. The last mm-hmm. words that I ever heard him speak was, Mom, um, I want more, please. And I yeah. took him to go get vaccinated. That day, um, he had three vaccinations. At that time, um, there were no such thing as cell phones. So I noticed that his eyes were rolling in the back of his head. He was foaming at the mouth. So I was running through the mall telling them to call 911. He had a febrile seizure, okay? They took him into the yeah. hospital. Yeah. After that, day when he got vaccinated with the three uh, inoculations, he I never heard him spoke, speak clearly again. It was so, a vaccine. It was a vaccine, and, and for I, sure. And I know that was a vaccine with the dimerazole, I believe, in the mercury. My thing yeah. is, how could I go, and we can take this answer off air, I, I know that if, I know that there are other parents out there that have the same story as I do. Thousands. And I know, thousands. Thousands. Yes. And why is it that we cannot seem to connect and get a civil suit or bring more attention to this? I don't well, believe that's, that. You're making an assumption. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true, Faye. Let me help you right quick. That's not true. Okay. There have, okay. Been, there, there, there have been billions of dollars that have been dispersed by pharmaceutical because they cannot win the, the fight when you are part of class action suits and when you're part of good uh, legal teams that know how to actually uh, bring the evidence against them. So do you have a pencil okay. and paper? This is All I can do is give you a name. A website, and, and it's, you're going you're gonna to find it, and you're gonna do. You're gonna have to do your work, okay? I'm ready, sir. Every time I, every time when I call you or I'm listening to your to your cast, I have a pencil and pad at hand because it's time to go to school. Right, I, I, I get it. People don't like the fact that I challenge them on on uh, on on being uh, intellectually uh competent but the reason we're deceived today is because we don't think well and i and i know that this for a fact so i want you to i want you to write down uh robert f kennedy robert. jr robert f, K- f robert. kennedy jr okay i got it and robert f kennedy jr uh and and vaccines now that's going to get you to him 
that's going to get you to him doing interviews on YouTube with um, okay. with, uh, with 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 really scholarly men and women, with uh, educated men, with people in con. Uh, obviously, the Kennedys, you should know this, are deeply entrenched in politics, right? Yes, yes. And, 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 and Robert Kennedy has had firsthand experience with the impact of vaccines in his own life, as well as others, and he has been a champion for vaccines, uh, vaccine uh, um, uh, lawsuits uh, for decades now. And you need to hear his story and, and connect with uh, the resources that he will avail you to. And there will be others as well. You can easily go online uh, uh, and even look up things like mothers uh, against vaccines. There are institutions and organizations out there, but I want you to start with Kennedy because he has such a compelling argument and a powerful history of fighting for uh, parents and mothers and children who are uh, totally injured by vaccines. He did a deep, deep yeoman's uh, a debate with, uh, with with one uh, 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 general attorney for uh, for for I think it's either um, President Trump or it was the Obama administration. I'm trying to remember his name, uh, Hershowitz. Hershowitz. I'm trying to remember his first name. But the debate was phenomenal, and Hershowitz, which was the lawyer for the government, could not refute this man's information or data. <clears throat> because what Kennedy wow. was arguing about is the next issue of the vaccines being uh, imposed upon by a compulsory uh, uh, mandate coming from Washington. The next set of vaccines over the COVID issue is going to be compulsory, and Kennedy is trying to warn about this. So I want you to do the research on that, uh, do do the connection, and uh, once you make the connections, call me back and let me know how how that goes, okay? Because you are, uh, along with maybe hundreds of thousands of, of mothers and fathers and parents who have been uh, just utterly impacted by our system of lies and distortion and manipulation. Absolutely. And um, it, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Absolutely. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, I, 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 you know, my heart goes out for your son, and, 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 and let's see if we can get something for uh, his injuries. And you let me know, okay? Thank you, sir, and I certainly will pursue this. God bless, Pastor. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Let me see here. i got to take another break. Uh, when I come back, I will pick up with Stefan and Mystery, uh, Misty on the other side of the break. I just want to say <clears throat> about... <clears throat> what's going on in our world just briefly before I break. Uh, well, I'll wait till I come back. We'll be right back. And we are back to time 638. Before I go to the phone line and talk with Stefan, I do want to just make a, a brief qualifier about vaccines just because people, um, they hear a piece of information, and that this has happened to me so many times with people. Pastor, you said this. No, I didn't. You said that and taking a piece of information that I stated and then building a whole thought or a proposition out of an assumption that really was not based upon anything explicitly stated. So the same is true with Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. He's not anti-vaccine, and neither am I anti-vaccine. What he is is against the production of vaccines that have proven to be harmful and destructive to 
thousands of Americans, and he has the proof of it, that there is not a consistent measure and method and, and, and protocol by which the vaccines can be tested and proven to be minimally harmful, so that in many cases, uh, vaccines that are put together in a rush, such as what's taking place with the COVID, uh, opens up hundreds of thousands of American citizens to be impactfully injured by them uh, irreparably, uh, and, and, and the media will not say anything about it, nor our government, because for them, the expediency of the trial of a COVID vaccine far outweighs the impact upon the American citizens, and you need to know that for those reasons. And there are tons of other reasons that we need to be careful about, including population control and and everything else, uh, methods of identification and, and tracking and all of that stuff is coming down the line, which corresponds by application to the mark of the beast that we will be developing in the book of the Revelation in a couple of uh, in a couple of weeks, because while Je uh, Revelation chapter 13, 16, and 17 is not directly uh, interpreted as applying to our present time, its application is a consistent application that when government rises to the level of being God so that it gets rid of the true and the living God and starts imposing fascist totalitarian Marxist rules over people, it in fact is acting like God, and when people rise up against it, it wants to silence them. And we have to always worry about that. The Founding Fathers warned us about that, and uh, today we are falling asleep on it for sure. Let's talk to Stefan in Richmond. Stefan, are you there? Hey, what's going on, Pastor? I'm good, man. Yeah. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm what's good, up? man. I know too much. I wanted to uh, holler at you real quick. Um, a couple of Sundays ago, you had you were talking about this element of fleeing, and I wanted to try to uh, to pick your brain on it. Um, sure. And so I would like for you to try to uh, speak to, I guess, the tolerance of, par uh, of persecution, um, both on the from the psychological standpoint, uh, on behalf of pretty much all believers, right? So I think there's this element that, I mean, we all kind of. We want to be able to flee. We, I, I understand that we can flee, right? It's not like it's a, it's a wrong thing to do. And so, right. uh, what I wanted to, what I want to try to understand is um, your understanding of what it is to, to flee persecution in a right standing. Uh, and so, for context, right. um, I'm more so, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more so worried or kind of concerned around the fear and the pride of believers, uh, coupled with right. that, with the, with the worry of persecution. And so, in short. Um, how do we handle it, right, so that we're not – the worry doesn't necessarily cause us to flee prematurely? Um, yeah. And then on the other side, for more so of a, I guess, the bolder Christians to say, oh, I need to be able to stand and fight, but then only to stand and fight to realize that they're, that they're fighting past what is necessary. Um, yep. And I guess try to exercise our discernment uh, from both perspectives so that we can kind of strike that balance. I was trying to get some of your wisdom on that. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> I actually have been unpacking this. If you have been tracking with me in our studies, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. very, uh, very acutely. So, I, I course, I, uh, I correlate uh, Revelation chapter twelve, verse fifteen, where uh, the dragon uh, is pursuing the woman, and she flees into the wilderness. You know that, right? She flees into the wilderness 
where she has a place prepared for God for a time, times and a half of times, right? Right, right. Right, and then yeah. I correlate that with uh, with Ma- uh, Matthew twenty four fifteen, where Christ plainly said, "When you see the abomination that maketh desolate standing in the holy place, as has been written by Daniel the prophet, at that point flee." Those are the correlating texts, and let me let me just make application to them because you know I understand that in a preterite context historically, but then there is the theological application that has always applied for believers anywhere in the world where God has finished bringing about a testimony of his son through that believer or those believers in a community, when the testimony is done, when the testimony is finished, for instance, when Christ explicitly told his disciples in Matthew 24, when you see these things, which requires a knowledge of God's word to discern these things, it requires a commitment to Jesus Christ to know these things, and this is where Christians are blind today. They cannot see the abomination that make it desolate because they're not spending adequate time with Jesus. And so their disobedience is leading them to the blindness that sets them up to be trapped by the flood, trapped by the siege, as was the case with national Israel. So you know I was teaching that Christ was warning the disciples about the destruction of Israel in AD 70, And then the war took place in 66, where Israel pretty much as a nation began to unravel. There were zealots, there were internal conflicts, there were wars, there were coups, there were uprisings against the Herodians. Then the Romans came in, and the society Mm -hmm. of Jerusalem was very much like where we are going today in America. And only the grounded believer in Christ, who had kept near to Christ and could hear the voice of Christ, and was committed to Christ's word, could discern the time, and they were able to see right where the need, right where the need to move up out of Jerusalem uh, because the uh, Roman Titus and his military were marching in to stop the internal conflict that was going on. The believer heard Christ say, flee to the mountains of Judea, and he heard Christ, when Christ said, if you're already outside of Jerusalem and you're already in the periphery of the mountains, do not come into Jerusalem for protection. That will be the wrong place to go because back in those days, the temple was a kind of fortress to protect people because it had food, water, it had military uh, supplies to fight off any kind of attack. And quite naturally, people would want to go to the temple for protection, but Christ knew, being the ultimate prophet, that the Roman Empire would completely demolish that temple uh, and Jerusalem over a a three-and-a-half-year period. And so the ones that escaped were the ones that done their work of witnessing, preaching the gospel, and they even hung in there, Stefan, during times Mm -hmm. of chaos, during times of upheaval, but they kept their ear to the spirit of the living God to discern when it was time to pull out. When they began to sense and see the coming of Roman soldiers, and they came in intervals. They didn't come all at once. They came in intervals. They knew it was time to pull out because they knew that Israel would not win that battle. So in the same fashion, if we were to make application to where we are today, I would say that because a lot of people are asking me the question about California, quite frankly, 
Um, mm-hmm. There are going to be times <clears throat> down the line where when we um, we are sharing the gospel and uh, and witnessing, uh, we're going to be canceled on internet. We're going to uh, have situations where we may lose our jobs, uh, and it will be hard to get gainful employment. We will see taxes increase in California. Policies will be extremely uh, 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 painful and toxic toward the believer. And the need to have a plan B and a plan C needs to already go into implementation. But having said that, because i got to take another break, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to disconnect from a body of believers that are committed to the Word of God so that by virtue of the Spirit of God working in our lives, we will have a community where we can talk these things through and prepare for right. that kind of uh, that kind of transition when it comes. Now, yeah, I, I definitely get that. And, um, I, I know you got to go to break, and so I just that was it, it's becoming more of a, of a question, uh, and I think it's for the kind of like the practical things to where it's like, um, and when when should we, you know, when should we dip? And I think I guess to just sum it up, so you have to be discerning. And understanding the times, right? So you kind of keep your ear, to, keep your ear to the street with the news, and you know, with with spiritual discernment. Obviously, stay in the scriptures uh, that that keeps you sharp. And then just know when you when it's when the persecution is so heavy that you can't even open your mouth anymore to really talk about um, Christ, really uh, to any degree, yeah, or even yeah, kind of have sound mind. Huh? You got that. You got that. But the bigger one that I'm going to tell you is just make sure you stay connected with the body that's right. committed to the voice of the spirit. Stay connected. That will help you. You need an upline. You're going to hear me talking about more of these things in the future. Got to take a break. Talk to okay. you later. We'll be right, right back. I'll let you in a minute. All right. We are back. Uh, Stefan's question was very germane, and it really has to do with making sure that you're not leaning on your own understanding, uh, really. And, I mean, if you have a Bible, read your Bible seriously. Make sure that you don't twist the Scriptures, distort the Scriptures like a lot of people are doing. Make sure that you don't impose upon the Scripture your own carnal, secular, ethnic-centered uh, prejudices like a lot of people are doing. Because if you do, you'll be blinded. God will not speak to you. You'll be kind of like King Saul seeking the Lord to speak to you. You'll find yourself going to the witch of Endor only to be deceived by a false Samuel that will render a curse upon you. Uh, The Bible is clear that they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeks to worship. Uh, That's going to be one of the critical preservation factors in keeping you as life becomes more difficult in our world. All right, let me go to line number one, two, three, or four and talk with Misty for a couple of minutes. Misty, are you there? Hey. Yeah, I'm here, all right. <laughs> all right, we got, we got uh, a couple of minutes, so holler yeah, at I me. Yeah, I know. Hey, well, what I, uh, what I feel to reiterate is just that how much the devil is a liar. And um, I, the fact that this stuff I is agree. coming down the coming down the pike for so long and you wonder you know i wonder why i felt strange 18 years ago standing mm-hmm. in my kitchen or feeling this mm-hmm. this ominous ominous just feeling this ominousness all the time you know where god was speaking mm-hmm. about things and mm-hmm. being like oh am i imagining this or whatever and then to the mm-hmm. point where literally the devil would, would deceive you to the point where you know yeah we're imagining this it's too weird to be real 
but it obviously is real. Because if right. there's clouds in the sky, I didn't put them there. You didn't put them there. There's zebras out there in the in the uh, in the on the on the terrain. Plains of Africa. Okay. Yep. If there if there can be these things that I didn't make that you didn't make, I mean that right there just proves that God made them because I didn't make them, you didn't make them. How did they get there? We don't know. I mean, just when you cut it down and you break it down to the simplistic facts, because when you're doubting, the devil will will use different tactics on different people. And what I also also see, which is just, the last 15 years have been so oppressive, especially the last, I'd say, Mm -hmm. seven. I mean, they've been off the rails, you know. And other people are just now starting to, like, even barely even see it because of what happened with COVID. If that wasn't on, trust me, they're still watching TV, putting on the video games. They're not getting this, what's going on here. It's, nope, it's like not. so dark. I look at the clouds when I'm driving by. I look at the sun. I look at the scape. There's a different feel in the aura. There's a lawlessness, mm-hmm. even like on the mm-hmm. highway, because the cops aren't really out there running the streets. The, the the people are running the streets. People still stand on the corners and smoke. I cannot stand it. I just yelled at a guy just a minute ago. You know what? We're trying to look at a view. We're trying to breathe the air. We're trying to maybe look at the ocean. We're trying to maybe breathe. Okay, we have smoke. It's iron. Yeah. How dare yeah. you be so selfish to light up a cigarette? Okay, so on to the other fact about discernment. Everybody's got different gifts, and if only, and in reference to the Church, you know, we have a little bit of different beliefs about this. The Church could have stepped up three decades ago. They could step into people's lives. They could have said, hey, why don't you come over once a week and have dinner with us? They want people True. to go and show up on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You know what? The real action is when... You're taking that action, whether you're getting out your Bible at midnight, whether you're going to somebody's house to need you, whether you're there at 3 a.m. when I call and I say, hey, I'm a VR, can somebody come down here? Guess what? Nope. Nope. Not a one. Not even the church. I called, the one time I called, like, I think eight different uh, pastors left the message, not one returned uh, message to it. It's really sad. And I know what you're saying because we need to band together with some people that think like us, and we're really outnumbered. Because well, but that's because you're, you're, ev- you're an evangelist. Listen, you're an event. Listen, this has happened for decades. You, 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 I, and, and I don't know if we're going to bridge the gap between the what we what I would call the uh, the fold and and the work of evangelists. The the missionary and the evangelist always is working at odds with the local shepherds. That's just you guys are always in that that mode. I'm, and I'm not playing it down because I, I started off doing evangelism right. all over the Bay Area, particularly San Francisco, like you are. Uh, but there has always been this weird, incongruent relationship between uh, the evangelist who loves people on the street, doing ministry on the street, and and the need for the public orderly worship of the saints. And you, you and several of my uh, brothers and sisters that I love out there are exceptions to the rule. You just are. You're not the rule. Right. Well, there's You're a narrow, there's the a narrow, narrow, uh, there's a narrow spectrum where God says, like, many are called, but few are chosen. There's the elect, there's this, there's that. I understand what you're saying. Um, but the point of the matter, the only point I'm trying to make is if people would have just stepped into the gap, even if they weren't the evangelists and they I weren't agree. on the front line, they could have agree. the back, okay, where I wouldn't have been dying 20,000 times days over if somebody would have just stepped up. And you know what? I've Instead got to go. all the hatred, hatred. We love you too, sis. 
We'll see you next Monday, Lord willing. Until then, keep your eyes on Christ.